2: All, for, 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 for all things KC, KC. for everything Chiefs, it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host,
0: Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tap.
1: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you for joining us. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, if you haven't already. I am your host, Kayla Kinnearum. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. Guys, big win today at Arrowhead. Nick, you were there. What was the atmosphere like?
0: the atmosphere was great i think chiefs fans were uh, happy to be treated to a convincing home win even though when you're at when you're at Arrowhead stadium there's nothing convincing until you're running away by three or four touchdowns like even if a team scores a touchdown at the end of a half you're like hmm, okay could that come back to buy this but overall it was nice to play a bad team which the jaguars are even though they've got some talent and sort of Win somewhat convincingly, which the Chiefs haven't done a ton of, at least at Arrowhead Stadium this year.
2: We had very different game day experiences. Nick, mine was (laughs) so my 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 nephew had a birthday party. It started at eleven, which meant I watched the first twenty minutes amongst people trying to attend a you know a child a small child's birthday party. You're like, that's tough. I gotta get out of here. So then I listened in the radio until I could get back to my house, and then I had to leave for the final two minutes of the game to get to my kid's soccer game. So I had the, and it was a very different, almost borderline chaotic, a perfect game for that, because it was never in doubt. The entire time I was busy doing other things, the Chiefs were up 14 nothing or 20 to nothing, and so what? An end-and-a-half touchdown, Jacksonville never got within two scores, the, bro- the 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 game broadcast was trying to make it seem like Yeah, this is a big possession for the Jags. I'm like, there's five minutes left and they're down (laughs) 10. They're not winning this game. They could convert as many fourth downs as they want on this drive. This game's already over. I'm not stressed about it. Go down, score a garbage time touchdown. I don't care. I told you it'd be a little bit ugly. I said 27, 21. We were pretty close to that. I said a bunch of special teams mistakes and it didn't matter.
1: I was so mad because I said 34, 17. And of course, Andy's too nice to just score one at the end and make my prediction hit. I was a little annoyed, but we'll take it.
2: That's pretty close, though. They still haven't scored 30 at home. But I mean, how am I supposed to feel weird about that? Mahomes had three touchdowns and 200 yards in the first half. Okay, that was a good start. The Chiefs defensive line had its second best game of the season. They did nothing but get pressure and sacks on Trevor Lawrence. Another huge win. Isaiah Pacheco is the starter now, which we can get to in a minute. And he was great. It was just one of those. What was there to really make you feel bad other than like the possible future of Juju or those things that we can get to? Because outside of that, the defense played great. The offense played great. The special teams continues to be an absolute thorn in their side, and they still covered the spread. They covered the spread and they had two fumbles on the special teams, several other bad returns, and it didn't matter. None of that changed the outcome in any way.
0: That's Okay. So I'm not going to stomp all over whatever our open is because I'm going to allow Kayla to introduce whatever our first topic is. But I just want to, just as a quick aside, this is what we do with the Chiefs. We judge them on different metrics. With the Chiefs, covering is not the metric. With the Chiefs, winning is not the metric. It's did you win by a lot though? Did you win by a bunch? Did you win running away? Was it convincing? Was it a blowout? We, we judge them on, on different standards than we do the rest of the teams in the NFL. Is 27-17 a blowout? Where do we draw that
2: line, by the way? By NFL no, teams? I don't think so. Winning, no. By the way, there's 67 games decided by eight points or fewer this year in the NFL, the most ever through 10 weeks. So,
0: I mean, no. it's people aren't blowing be, anybody out. It's got to be two plus possession, like 17 points to be a blowout for the Chiefs.
1: I want to say the only team that had a... "Quote unquote blowout today were the Dolphins. Everyone else was in. Chiefs were on the high end at, with a ten point gap.
2: Maybe this will be a Wednesday topic. Uh, Miami's got f- serious defensive issues, and they just lost another defensive end. Their offense is just as good as Kansas City or Buffalo's. Man, with Tua, I their weapons are unmatched. Their quarterback plays worse, but their offense is just as good. Right?
0: I wish they, I had. They score a lot. I wish I had like a hot take sounder just to throw under that from you. <laughs> I mean, you're just trying to sneak in the fact that Miami's offense is as good as the chiefs, even though we're not going to talk about that in this episode, but but it is right. Okay. I'm, we're not, you oh. know what? we're not here to talk about that. Cody.
2: Okay, fine. I guess we'll talk about the chiefs Jags <laughs> game. I, uh, okay. you know, it was funny. We talked to just real quick, Kayla. We talked a Go little bit it. about on Friday, just for like two minutes. Hey, should we like feel better about where Trevor Lawrence's career is heading? And I want him today, And it was the same stuff we talked about. He makes some like laser throws that look perfect. And you're like, yes, you're a perfectly designed quarterback designed to make those throws. But then he just makes rookie stuff still that you're like, man, you're in year three. Where's that ball going? Where's that throw? What are you doing? It's like, if you get just a little bit of pressure on him, he folds, man. Okay. I don't know if he just never got pressured at Clemson, but like that game today, she's no, got pressure did, on him. By the, way,
0: by the way, he didn't because he was at Clemson and they had offensive linemen on the offensive line, or NFL linemen on the offensive line, and they were not going against NFL defensive linemen. Since we don't have a full Trevor Lawrence topic built into today's show, I will just say that uh, my take is that Trevor Lawrence is the RC Cola to Justin. Oh, Justin Herbert is Coca-Cola. Trevor Lawrence is RC. So that's all I have to say about Trevor You'll Lawrence. You'll drink it at a barbecue, but you yeah, don't want to get stuck with it forever. It's fine. <laughs> like, hey, do you have any Coke? And they're like, we have RC. And you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm thirsty. <laughs> so I guess I'll have it.
1: Generic. Still has bubbles. It still gives w- the fizz.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I want exactly. cola. I'm thirsty. It has fizz. Okay,
0: <laughs>
1: Hot take, though. I think Mr. Pibb is better than Dr. Pepper.
0: Okay. Well, they're not ready for that conversation, Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
1: All right. Well, to also share my game day viewing experience, I watched the whole thing in my pajamas from my couch. So.
2: Respect.
1: Who's winning? All right, guys. I mean, we've kind of dabbled in it already, but general reaction from the game, what stuck out to us the most? We'll get to some of it later, too. Uh,
2: offensively, they're still very good. I know they, like, we made this whole big thing about how they hadn't scored 30 points at home because they kept scoring, but they didn't, you know, I gotta be honest, anytime the Chiefs get in a game and they don't have to score 30, they don't. Like, if they don't have to, it's very rare that they do. And against the Jags from the jump, they showed their cards immediately. They did the, they, onside kick immediately. They they, um, showed, they gave the impression that is like, we can't compete with you. We're going to have to do stuff to try to compete with you. And we're going to try to do that right now. We're trying to catch you off guard immediately. And that's just that didn't work to me. The the offense and defense, this is probably their best combined effort of the season. Um, you know, like right up there with those other, I guess, combined efforts. The difference was I think they probably do score 30 if the special teams
0: is even just half competent. The Chiefs had three turnovers. The Jaguars had zero and the Chiefs won by 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. Find me how many instances that's happened this year where it's probably zero <laughs> lost the turnover <laughs> battle by three and the game was never close. That's the chiefs. That's how, that's how the chiefs play football. It's that's their margin for error, which is if they play great football, they will annihilate you. If they play okay football, which I think they played today there, they simply beat you by 10. They simply beat you by double digits in a league where nobody wins by double digits. Because if you ever watch Sunday Ticket, every single game is coming down to the last possession. It's a four-point game. It's a three-point game, but not with the Chiefs. That's just who they are. They had 486 yards of offense. They average nearly six yards per carry. And you're sort of left, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, but I think you're sort of left feeling like, oh, the Chiefs played good today. Not... The Chiefs look dominant, which you look at their final numbers, and that would be your conclusion. You'd say, wow, this is one of the best games the Chiefs have played all year long. Mahomes threw for four touchdowns. You put up 27 points. The running game gets going. What a night. But instead, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. Chiefs played okay. But that goes back (laughs) to the idea that the Chiefs are playing by different standards than everybody else in the NFL. I was just
2: looking it up. No, I was looking it up because I was curious. Over the last three games, Mahomes is averaging. 400 yards a game and a little better than two and a half touchdowns. He has eight touchdowns in three games. Uh, So almost three touchdowns a game and 400 yards a game. So that's, that's pretty good. Uh, They're three and oh, I don't (laughs) know that that would shock you to find out either, but 400 yards a game and three touchdowns a game pretty much over that stretch.
1: MVP, MVP.
2: He's the clear Um, favorite now.
1: Oh, for (laughs) sure. Before Cody, before even the onside kick, which I didn't know you could do right out of the gate. Um, was even the coin toss. We wanted deferred. Andy Reed after the game said that wasn't a good choice. We goofed on that one, miscommunication. We even were trying to help them and they still weren't able to take advantage.
2: I thought that was we like when it first came out, they're like the Chiefs have decided to receive it. You're like, what? <laughs> what they-, hey, they don't do that. They never do that. And I was like, God, do they want to score in the Jags that bad? And it's like no. Oh, just an accident. Whoever, <laughs> whoever was up at the coin toss just screwed it up. So there were, I mean, there were gaffes. It was not like a perfect, clean, what a perfectly, what a perfectly played game in every single facet. And you pointed out, Nick, three turnovers to zero, to win by 10,
0: to never be in a close game. That's all you need to know. Yeah, how often does that happen? This was the first time all year where I felt like, you know what, um, if I'm... Uh, NFL show, if I'm the Dan Patrick show, if I'm get up on ESPN. I'm not talking about the Chiefs tomorrow morning. It feels it feels like every single week something happens in the Chiefs game to make it nationally relevant, to make it sort of this big overarching story for the rest of the NFL. This was the first time in a while where the Chiefs played a game and I thought, mm, "I'm probably not going to hear anybody talk about that tomorrow." Just sort of a, a boring ho-hum win for them, which Is a nice reprieve from constantly feeling like you're the number one storyline in the league
1: because of Bills Vikings.
0: Yeah, well, that yep, that game's going to get all the headlines.
1: That was a wild
2: one. You know, best game of the weekend. I can't believe, like, I'm disappointed
0: it ended up being Sunday night football because of how good it was. I know. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with for once not feeling like the Chiefs are the, the big headline.
1: Finally, some some relaxation on our part,
0: and we get to spend the next week. I'm sure we'll do this on Wednesday or Friday, talking about if the bills are washed. Right? We'll start. uh, Do they still have it? Is Josh Allen's injury like? We'll we'll start at some point. We'll talk about the Dolphins being the number one threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. That's coming on Tuesday or Wednesday.
1: Stay tuned for that. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. The referees picked up a lot of flags in this game, and Juju ended up with a concussion. And one of those, um, obviously, a very scary situation. And Andy Reid did say after the game he is in concussion protocol. Referees were kind of a mess today. Mm. And Arrowhead well, let him know.
2: I I hate that it continues to just, like, come into light that every... It's like the third game this year where we have to talk about it. It's... You can, like, I think maybe in the moment. Someone might not have thought, eh, not that big of a deal. Head to head should have been a penalty, but let's all move it. But every single Chiefs player in post game talked about it. Mahomes talked about it. Pacheco talked about it. They all talked about that. And I think what the issue is, is that the Chiefs have been on the flip side of this multiple times this year. The entire time they kept getting the league just kept telling them, no, 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 be nicer to the quarterback. Stop trying to hurt people. This game is safe. We're trying to make it safe. And then their guy gets a helmet flown right towards their guy's helmet. He gets knocked out of the game and feels defenseless. And in a scary moment where it looks like maybe he's having a little bit of that same fencing response that Tua did. And they, they they won't they won't call a flag and they threw it. They threw the flag and picked it up. So it's 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 not even like they didn't think it was possible that it was a penalty and they still didn't do it. It's like the middle ground you asked for this. This crew did not call a lot of penalties that probably could have been called in that marginal line. Then other crews call way too many and let nobody play football. And all NFL fans have ever asked for is something in the middle would be good. Just, you know,
0: happy medium. Cody, you know, the thing is about fans wanting that happy medium. Generally speaking, if you just really focus in on helmet to helmet stuff, you're not going to offend many fans. Regardless of its, if it's your team who's getting called for it, like that's sort of the deal. That's the one thing that universally all NFL fans have accepted, which is that if your helmet touches the other team's helmet, you're probably going to get flagged and it's tough to be upset for that. Now, occasionally you'll get the, well, what's he supposed to do? Right. It's a split second decision. The guy's trying to go low, et cetera, et cetera. The hit on Juju Smith Schuster, I don't know what your defense could possibly be of it. And the only thing that you have to do is look at the Chiefs players' responses. Every Chiefs player to a man was upset with the way that thing turned out. Patrick Mahomes, MVS, Justin Reed, Isaiah Pacheco, Andy Reed. I could go on and on. Every single player who was asked about that hit seemed to be upset with the fact that it wasn't called. I mean, that 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 is targeting by the definition of the rule. And at some point, we can, we can talk about the referees and we can have jokes about how You know, Chiefs fans have given have given, uh, you know, referees uh, the shakes when they come into Arrowhead Stadium (laughs) this (laughs) year. But that's one of those ones where it's just like, if, if you're not calling that, then then tell me how that rule should be officiated, because that was as clear cut, cut and dry targeting helmet to helmet as you can possibly get.
2: And then they could have had the makeup call and didn't call the MVS one, which wasn't yep. as bad as the juju one, but they could have just like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. Here's the one for the other one. And then Mahomes got shoved late, right? Not like the most egregious thing, but later than he needed to be shoved to the ground on an incompletion, no call. And you're like, okay, well, look, I'm not makeup calls. Don't have to exist. It's not that, but it's like, you got to call something if you're going to say safety. And and I guess if the team is talking about it in that regard, then it should matter. And it matters to this team going forward because he was headhunting the entire game. Like, it's the same player on that one, on a late, a big shove on Jarek McKinnon on the sideline. The fact that Patrick Mahomes said that after that Travis Kelsey touchdown, he let him hear it. He's like, oh, I you know, oh, I directed some comments his way. Make sure he knew what, the, what what's going on, Right. That tells you how serious they took it. And now for the next few weeks, they got a game next Sunday, which I'm sure we'll talk about in later episodes this week, but they're going to play the Chargers on Sunday night football. We're recording this in the middle of their game right now. So I can't tell you whether or not they're going to win this one. They're up on the 49ers in the early going. But if they are to win this game tonight, that game next week will be for either a two game lead in the division with all the tiebreakers in the world, effectively ending the AFC West, even though I declared it dead after week three but it's or a tie atop the AFC West and a tie atop the AFC. So not having
0: Juju Smith Schuster for specifically next week is kind of a big deal. Okay. So I have a question then, because here's, what's going to happen at some point on Tuesday, the NFL is going to come down and they're going to hit them with a fine of what's the player's name? Cisco.
2: Yeah. Cisco. It's like $13 million no, 13,000,
0: 13, 000, 13 30, million, Yeah, sorry, 13. 30, Wow, <laughs> that's, that's a lot 13. of money. <laughs> Imagine, hey, that's how we fix it. So you just answered my question. That's how we fix it. Add a few zeros to the end of the fine and say, wow, helmet to helmet, 13 million, you're out for a year's salary. But that's, that's sort of my thing is, what's the incentive? And I get it. We're in Kansas City. We can play this game more than any other fan base cares about today, which is like, do you need to fix this? Because if I'm an opposing defender and I know that I can level another dude, lead with my crown, go helmet to helmet. Multiple times. Multiple times. And the punishment is going to be $13,000. I'm going to play next week. It's going to be a drop in the bucket. What is the incentive to not just continue to go all out and be a headhunter defensively?
2: Because that's it. If the penalty, if the first one gets called, Nick, the correct one against Juju, the MVS one never happens. Mm -hmm. Because if you get two, you can get kicked out of the game, which means you have to get the first one right. Yeah, that one is the important one. Get that one right so that he's not feeling like he can headhunt anymore. Like, if anything, you should be making those calls early on borderline stuff to discourage the action for the rest of the game. I know you don't want to just and you're not going to change the game, right? You call a borderline helmet to helmet penalty in the first quarter. That team later loses. It's losers mentality to blame that penalty. Then call it then so that that guy can't keep doing what he's doing in the moment. Like you had your chance. The second you didn't call that one, he was free and clean to go after MVS. he was free and clean to take that shot at Jarek McKinnon on the sideline. None of it mattered anymore.
1: Well, with Juju out, someone who stepped up. Kadarius Tony had a great game. He had two carries for 33 yards, four receptions for 57 yards, and a tippy toe touchdown. Um, he's gotten a lot of praise from Andy, from Patrick. They say he's super smart. He works hard. He studies this playbook, and it showed today.
0: I, uh, Cody, can I just can I just throw something out there before you give your sure. answer? Whatever oh, you're God. about to say, Kadarius Tony is obviously. After two weeks in Kansas City ahead of Sky Moore in the wide receiver. Oh. oh, yeah. No question. It, is, it took him two weeks. It took him two weeks. I think it might have taken him one, but Here's. yeah. <laughs> he played nine weeks in his debut. And I thought, you know what? I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And then he came out today and was on the field for nine of the Chiefs' first 20 snaps offensively. There is no mistake how this wide receiver depth chart is, is sort of sorting itself out.
2: I, um, I, okay. So uh, if you probably remember from this podcast, or if you listen to our show in Kansas city, my initial response
0: to the Tony trade was, I hate it. I I remember your tweet.
1: I I saw that tweet. I do remember Uh, that
0: actually Cody looked me in the face and said, this, this sucks. I don't like this trade. It's (laughs) well, for the obvious reasons, which is
2: give me in the history of the NFL, a single example. One. I want literally one example of a former first round pick who is no longer with their team inside of two or three years that just goes on to massive success at their next stop. And the answer is zero. There are zero examples of it happening, except for now, maybe Tony, because what the hell? He had 100 all purpose yards. It's the second best game in his entire career. To say that Kadarius Tony had around 450 total yards in his career is actually misleading because... In his 13-game career before getting in Kansas City, he did have around 450 total yards, and 190 of them were in one game. So in every other game Tony played, he didn't matter. He was a non-NFL factor. He couldn't get on the field with a playoff team, which is what the Giants are right now, who have absolutely no help at wide receiver. They disliked him so much, they wouldn't even play him. And then I watched him today, and I'm like, Oh, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> He's very fast and elusive and broke a lot of tackles. And man, he went really high to catch that ball, and they sure do like using him. So <laughs> it was so painfully obvious, so quick, that they've probably already won that trade. Because there's there was there was a modicum of risk anyway. A third rounder is not big risk. And then when you watch him on the field, you're like, yeah. I see why they took the chance because he fits what they do perfectly. And he already looks like it was like McColl was gone for one week so that you could be definitively sure at the end of the year, you had nothing to do with McColl anymore because he's going to slide into that role. So comfortably, we will never notice the difference because right now he looks like the more athletic McColl, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. And to your point, like the idea that in the NFL, just generally speaking, that a guy is discontent and he's not performing well, and then it gets to the point where he's not really playing because he's not practicing. Like that's how the whole Tony thing went down in New York, where he was basically not a part of the team yeah. because he clearly wanted out. And in situations like that, we've, done, we've seen this happen so many times in the NFL when a team convinces themselves like, well, we'll fix him. You know, it, it may not have worked out with him there, but we'll bring him into our culture and then all of a sudden, he'll be great. Anytime that happens, I want to sh- like grab the, the NFL team and shake them. Like It, it doesn't work that way. When a, when a player shows you who they are and that they're not willing to work or that it doesn't work with their team, it's not going to work with your team either, ever. It never works, except for Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Kadarius Tony has taken two weeks and even if this is who he is right if he's just going to be sort of a guy that you can deploy he'll never be your main option he'll never be your number two but he is a a gadget receiver that you can get the ball to in open space and you can do stuff with him behind the line of scrimmage even if that's all he is that's a success story in the nfl most guys do not reach that level of success even as first round picks and the fact that the chiefs have tapped into his potential in two games more than the Giants did in a season and a half, tells you everything you need to know. And to me, I know we wanna give a lot of credit to Andy Reid in this, it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is special. That is the value that he provides, is that if you play an in in offense quarterbacked by number 15, your stock increases by what number do you wanna put it at? Because I don't just look at Kadarius Toney, I look at the season that Juju smith is having, I look at the season that MVS is having. If you play in an offense quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes, your stock rises exponentially because that's just what he does. He's going to get you involved.
1: And I think they want to elevate their game to match his. He even said in his postgame interview, he goes, Pat's going to put it there. So it's up to you, to me, to be where I'm supposed to be and to know the playbook and to make the play happen.
2: Also, they just did not guard him on that touchdown. He was just <laughs> so by himself. Yeah.
1: He said, he goes, I still can't believe it on his first touchdown. He wasn't planning on hopping into the end zone first, first one, but that's what happened. He goes, What did I do to be in this position? How can I thank God anymore? What in little angel? <laughs> no. I know
2: I know we usually like to um just talk happy things after a win. Do we do we save the funeral for Sky more? Is that today? Oh. Or, or oh, do we yes. do that Wednesday? I mean, like the music, <laughs> the whole thing, Nick, you could give a eulogy. Because Sky Moore's 2022 season died today. That was it. We watched the end of his season today because there's no reason to use him inside of this offense. If Juju is is, stoning all
0: those guys around the field, what do you think it is though? Because there is something very clearly holding him back in a way that Kadarius Toney was able to overcome in two weeks time? Um, what the, complex, is-
2: the complexities of an NFL offense versus a Division II school. I mean, really, I because I, I don't think it's athleticism. I don't think that he's a bad athlete or can't run around. I think it's very simple. Kadarius Toney went to an SEC school, Nick. They run more complicated stuff against more complicated defenses. It is a more professional setting than the school he was coming from. You never know what's going to happen when you make that, when you take a player from those ranks because every program's a little bit different. But if you made me guess, he s- stood down the barrel of an NFL playbook, and I don't think it was easy for him to pick up yet.
1: Did so, you hear that, you know, Nick? SEC school.
0: Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I don't have any respect for SEC (laughs) schools. So you guys can have this conversation by yourselves. (laughs) So you don't think it's a talent you don't think it's a talent thing. You think it's simply a complexity issue because I look at Kadarius Tony on top of that and I say, Well might be a better athlete. Well he was a first round pick. Yeah, he was. He was a first round pick. And you go back and you look at some of the stuff that he did at Florida. Like it's really impressive, and I get that You can throw a lot of NFL guys' college tape on and say, "Wow, this guy's going to be a superstar, and then you watch him in the NFL and they're just other dudes. But that's who Kadarius Tony was in college. He was a dynamic playmaker in an s e c offense, and I wonder how much of that it is, and I guess we'll find out long term like over the next <laughs> the course of the next year or two, we'll find out if Skymore is any good. but it's so easy to see like you just Let's leave Sky more out of it. I watch Kadarius Tony and I say, yeah, that guy has special talent that very few guys in the NFL do. Not to say he's going to be one of those top dudes, but just from a skill set point of view, the agility, the quick burst, the acceleration. He's got next level stuff.
2: The concerning part is always the same, which is kind of what I pointed out last week. But now it's built on each other. Mahomes has thrown for twelve hundred and ten yards over the last three weeks Sky has eight of them of 12. I mean, if you think about it that way, there's no way to feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Twelve hundred yards he's thrown over the last three weeks. And Sky has managed to get eight of them receiving because if we take away Tony's rushing stuff. Well, then fine. His, his yardage today is like sixty five over the last two games, 70. But it's like he's got to 70 at least he's got a piece of that pie. He's got seven, eight percent. He just got here. Sky Moore just didn't have anything in there. But it doesn't make doesn't take away from Tony's really debut because he was great today.
1: Speaking of going silent, Clyde was non-existent today because Pacheco is now the lead back. He had 16 carries for 82 yards. Romo called him Mr. Wiggles on the broadcast. Um, (laughs) He also called Mahomes Merlin the Wizard. Tony was on one today. So was Pacheco.
0: You guys think either one of those nicknames are going to catch on?
2: No, people (laughs) will call Mahomes a wizard. That's not. I think we should actively try to make Mister Wiggles stick because (laughs) attaching any adult man to be forced to carry the nickname Wiggles forever is great. There's a Wiggles in our friend group. And it got decided randomly. He's still Wiggles to all of his people. He's in his 40s. He, he has must a hate job. it. And he
0: is miserable. I know it. Without oh, so, this guy.
2: <laughs> so to make another Mr. Wiggles out there, I think I am. I am all for it. I think we should make that one stick. We should try to make that one stick. Clyde God, got man. benched. I didn't think it was yeah. going to happen, but Clyde got benched. He had two targets for zero catches and he had zero carries. And I'll be honest. I thought our guy uh, Pete Sweeney over at Arrowhead Pride had said on our show on Friday, that he wanted them to see what one back looked like. And I was like, that's not going to solve your problem. And I'm not sure that it solved the problem as much as the Chiefs just ran the ball well today. But if you gave it to, if you, Pacheco fumbled in a in an important moment very early and they gave him the ball right back and he looked great and they never took it away from him, which means they're never taking it away from him. Isaiah Pacheco is this team's back. Clyde will still find a game or two where he'll probably get a few touches, but Pacheco is their back. They're not a one back system because McKinnon plays a little, but there's a huge swing here.
0: So that's just it. It's to me, it's not about seeing if what happens when you just give one guy all the carries. I don't think it necessarily works like that. It's more about Pacheco specifically, which is we know what Clyde does. We know what Jarek does. And this isn't even really an indictment on Jarek. Jarek's never going to be the lead back. Nobody's advocating for Jarek to be the lead back. We know who he, he does a good job in his role. Yeah, right. Yeah. He is your third down back. He is your pass catching back. That's fantastic. In terms of running the football, though, we know what Clyde brings to the table. There is no new door for the Chiefs to open to say, well, what if they did this and see how it works for Clyde? We know who Clyde is. We know what his ceiling is. We know what to expect from him. We didn't know that with Pacheco and you look at his skill set kind of compared to Clyde he's a more he's a, he's a natural north to south bruising running back yeah the only thing we hadn't seen the only door we hadn't opened with the chiefs offense was what happens when pacheco's your lead back not just your back at the beginning of the game but a guy who can get steady carries throughout and we saw that versus jacksonville and in terms of individual performances Granted, it helps when your quarterback throws for four touchdowns and you don't have to rely upon the running game very much. But in terms of individual performances, that was about as steady of an individual rushing game that we've seen from the Chiefs this year.
2: You know, I, I think it's fair to point this out because, like, if you're not a Jags fan, you're listening to this podcast because you're a Chiefs fan. This is, this should matter. The Jags, for as bad of a team as they might be, or under they are actually really good at stopping the run. That was a that was a strength of theirs. They were actually pr- pretty good at it going into the game, they were good at running the ball and stopping the run and it didn't matter. Right. He was, they were good. The offensive line. This is what's so frustrating. But like, kids it's going back to the offensive line too. Just, just like a modicum of consistency would be fine. I mean, I mean, just they go back and forth from looking like a top five offensive line to looking like a bottom five offensive line. And I can't decide which you are at times. And they spent a, a big majority of this game without their right tackle. And it didn't matter, by the way, because we didn't call Prince Tego Wainuga's name once. Right. We're not like, well, great job, go. by the way. Great Whoa. job. Just casually throwing that out there with
1: that. Are you than me?
2: <laughs> they didn't you know, they didn't we didn't have to <laughs> figure out whether or not he was the goods in the middle of the game. He was fine. He did the job. Nobody noticed, which is most of the time what we ever ask of Wiley. But I, I don't think it's insignificant because what this is going to bring up is the conversation about if Clyde is a bust. And Bust is strong because anytime you say that, that means they have no inherent NFL value. And I don't think that that's what Clyde is, but here's what he is. He's not a first round running back and he should have never been. They shouldn't have wasted a pick that high on him. They found value at a running back they like better at a seventh. And this should be a valuable lesson to them that if they want to improve the running back position, it does not require doing it high in the draft. It just requires taking chances at other places because look at Pacheco today. That really worked. He looked the part. He was north and south. He looked comfortable. He's averaging four and a half yards a carry in this game. He has flaws. He's not a good receiving back. They don't even try to throw it to him. But Who cares? If you have that in McKinnon, McKinnon's good receiving backs, they are consistently available in the free agency market because teams let them go and then they become available and you can find them again. So if you have a good just running back, you don't have to spend valuable assets to find it.
0: What's interesting about McKinnon as you bring that up is that in his last two games, Jarek McKinnon has 12 receptions for 106 yards. Yeah. So as the chiefs have went away from Clyde and really just went away from running the ball, as we saw against Tennessee McKinnon has become more of a threat in the offense, just not in the rushing game. He has become the new checkdown guy, right? Like when you're, When you know the way the Chiefs are gonna be defended and that they're gonna try and take away the deep shots, it forces you to go underneath more. And McKinnon has been a very reliable target, which say what you will about the offense and the way that it needs to evolve and in the way that it needs to attack the way that defenses are defending them. McKinnon has a very clearly defined, well-carved out role in this passing attack, which is more than you can say about any running back Chiefs have had since they drafted Clyde Edwards. helaire
1: Yep. Six receptions today, 56 yards. Uh, and really quick going back to the Pacheco fumble. I love what Andy said post game. Um, he said he was upset about the fumble, got back on the horse, learn from it. And you've got to go. That's my coach.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, Kareem Hunt fumbled his first ever carry for the Chiefs. He's yeah, like, Proceeded to give it to him another 30 times. That,
1: that was
0: against yeah. that. That was against the Patriots. And he ended up having like a 70 yard bomb. Like He had like three touchdowns that game. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. And by the way, just, just, just an aside, Cody, you're not wrong about anything you said about what the Chiefs should learn from the Clyde Edwards-Elair situation. The issue is that it shouldn't have taken, like today should not have been the moment where they're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have drafted a running back in the first round. Like you probably could have learned that at any point over the last three years, but today did feel different. It felt like sort of the moment where we can all kind of look around and say, all right, it's not just an injuries thing. It's not just a situational thing. Now you see a guy who is doing better in the same role, which didn't kind of reinforce it or make it feel more real than it had at any point in the last couple of years.
1: Another reason things should feel different today is because the Chiefs officially sit atop the AFC we control our own destiny after the Bills take that L to the Vikings. By the way, guys, in the last three games, Josh Allen has had six interceptions
2: mm. in there. Some of them are rookie Josh Allen picks. I like, what are you Whoa. doing? No, man, they are. I. It's not, I'm not the only person pointing out. I think it was like Mina Kimes had sent out a tweet. She was like, he spent an entire season. He just stopped doing that. So we all thought that he didn't do that anymore. And over the last three weeks, you're like, Oh, no, Josh, what are you doing, man? Where the hell is that ball going? Because those are just bad picks. They lost the game because of Josh Allen today. They were up 27-17. They were inside the red zone, and he made an egregiously bad decision. (laughs) It led to the Vikings going down to score. Then he fumbled the ball on the goal line, which eventually led to the Vikings lead. Then he led a cool comeback. Got the field goal, got him in range. Seemed like he was having an MVP moment and they still lost in overtime. This was a great day for Chiefs fans because for whatever happened three weeks ago against the Bills, it's erased. It's gone now. If you win out, then you get to do it. And I don't know where amongst the pantheon of stats this ranks, but the fact that Patrick Mahomes hasn't lost a November or December game in 24 consecutive games means that it's least plausible he's going undefeated. Because he hasn't lost a game in November, in December, since like the last presidential election. And I think that that probably has to stand somewhere. (laughs) the reasons why I think they might not lose
0: anymore. Okay, Cody, spin zone. Nothing Nothing you said is inaccurate. Everything you said is spot on. Josh Allen throws more interceptions. He has regressed to bad mistakes that we haven't seen in four years. The Bills have lost two straight games. The Chiefs are in control of their destiny in the AFC. All of that is true. I am still more scared of the Bills than I have ever been. Ever. Ooh. oh! Because now they're motivated, Bills? I don't like that either. I know what the Bills' floor is. We saw it. We saw it for the first Vikings. The Bills' floor is the same as it's always been. Josh Allen gets a little loose with it. Throws a few too many picks. And they almost beat a 7-1 and team. And you lose to the second best team, the third best team in the NFC by a field goal. Okay. But the ceiling is that, oh, Josh Allen is still pushing the ball down the field. They have more explosive plays than basically any offense in the history of the NFL. Their best is still as good as any teams in the NFL. Like we can split hairs between the Chiefs. That's fair. But the, the way that they manufacture explosive plays means that you have to sort of live with the mistakes. We get into this tendency and we do it with Mahomes all the time, right? You get into this tendency of wow, this guy is so good. This guy is otherworldly with his efficiency and the way that he creates these massive opportunities for the offense that you then judge them off of that. So when they're just sort of meh, it makes it feel worse. Like Josh Allen's day today wasn't great, but that guy gives you a chance in every single game. Now, the fact that they're losing games still matters. I'm not here to say like, well, it none of this matters. We'll see you in January. No, it matters. The fact that they have lost two straight games is a massive, massive, massive opportunity for the chiefs. But I still look at that guy and I say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stop short of writing that guy off quite yet because he yeah. scares the hell out of me.
2: I wouldn't do that. Cause this is probably a lot, Kayla. I think you're probably like, this is a lot about how they were probably talking about the chiefs. when they started three and four last year. You're like mm-hmm. Mahomes is just throwing all these picks What's wrong with him? And then he was Mahomes the rest of the way? Damn. And you were all in big, big, big trouble, <laughs> which, you know, feels kind of important. Also, that catch by Justin Jefferson. I know it's always like it's easy to be hyperbolic. I I thought about it for a while this afternoon. <laughs> I I think that might be the single greatest catch I've ever seen. I,
1: hmm. How did he how did There were he multiple crazy catches, but that how? one was so he Odell it, except
2: he was guarded by the person who also wanted the ball, and he had to keep it off the ground. I, I'm
0: confused at how that catch was plausible. Still, is all the fact that the Vikings went from Stefan Diggs to Justin Jefferson. That's, that's not fair. It's not. It really isn't. And the NFL should step in and do something about that.
1: Um, Take him away. To your point, Nick. Uh, I just feel like, yes, when the Bills and Chiefs play, it is a different ballgame. We should never get too comfortable. I just thought of a scary scenario, though. What if they stumble a little more? I love I want I want the AFC to go through Kansas City. That's all I care about. What if it's Miami? I will hate that
0: as the one seed.
1: No, no, no. In the AFC championship.
2: Oh, man, that would be so many good storylines. The
1: return though. of Tyreek. Ah, oh, I didn't even There's, think about oh that my happening.
2: Gosh, we I mean, it's would be fun. I mean, I, honestly, though, if you gave me that choice versus the Bills, Nick's right. If you could lock me in for a Chiefs Dolphins AFC title game, I'm oh in.
0: No, the only reason you're saying that the only reason you're saying that is because it's the unknown. You don't know. Like, we know Chiefs Bills, what that could entail. We don't know. We have no idea of what it looks like for the the Miami offense to go against the Chiefs defense. And that like, that gives you, I think a little unwarranted confidence for me. It just scares me.
2: I know, I know Philly's undefeated. Do you think that they just lay in bed at night thinking about how they took Jalen Rager one pick ahead of Justin (laughs) Jefferson? Do you think it just hurts? Just hurts them. It's like, you know, it's like taking Trubisky ahead of Mahomes. It's got to hurt a little bit, at least a little bit, by the way, are we, um, are are we doing, uh, winners? are we doing game balls are we doing game winners losers
0: it's winners losers we're doing winners we didn't do it last week i, I forgot think. we did that well that's actually that's good it's good. is it limited <laughs> edition is that what it is now? no <laughs> it's, yeah it's actually only oh, it's, it's part of the mystique to skip it for a week just to like keep <laughs> people oh wow okay do you know what i mean it's like well they were, they bring it back won't they did they get rid of it? I got to find out. They
1: yeah. stayed
2: all the way through the end of this episode to find yeah, out if winners exactly. and losers. Our, was Our coming diehards
1: are diehards tuning in. Oh, oh my
2: God. God. They, they stay here for the romantic comedy references, the yep. HBO okay. references and winners mm-hmm. and losers when it when it's here and when it's not. <laughs> and when it sometimes has a different name or doesn't. I guess I'll, the winner. I won't steal Tony because that feels unfair to either uh, of you. So I will st- instead say my winner for this game was Chris Jones.
0: Damn it. That he is playing
2: better than Aaron Donald this year. Not in his career, not ever. Aaron Donald go down is one of the single greatest defensive players in NFL history, but he's playing better than him this year. Chris Jones is an unstoppable monster this season in every single game. If anyone tries to feed you some bullshit like he hasn't shown up in this game a little bit or he's inconsistent, they're liars. They just show up the amount that other normal defensive. He shows up all the time. He was great in this game. Uh, It's not like the defensive line in itself didn't have it. But Chris Jones has been one of the best, like a defensive player of the year candidate. Like we thought he was going to be going into last year. That's how well he's played this season.
0: Kayla, I heard you exclaim when Cody mentioned Kadarius Tony. Oh, yes. Is is that your pick? Because I'm not going to. That's my winner. Okay, you go ahead. Tippy toe oh, touchdown.
1: Okay. He's finding his groove in this offense. I was super happy that he got that touchdown, and he's getting lots of reps. He's excited to be here. He's I love everything about him. I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll do for the remainder of the season. So that I don't, that is my winner.
2: I don't think I'm going to get tired of that meme and him and that big smile there
1: <laughs> in the crazy eyes. <laughs> the <mom's laughs> it freaks, crazy freaks me out a little. It's
2: just like when you go back and watch that clip, it's like he knew that was his only answer. It's like, who's your favorite player? Orlando He's like, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was the only answer he could give. I love it.
0: Okay, we um, guys took both of the obvious answers. So I'm a little... Sorry. A little perturbed. Yeah.
1: Making you get creative after yeah. your date, Arrowhead.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: You can okay. Spags or something if you want. Uh, you know, whoever.
0: I feel like I already waxed poetic on Spags earlier this week, so I don't want him to get a big head. You know what I mean? Like, That's I don't... I want That's him smart. to keep working for it. I don't want him to get all fat and happy.
1: You can give yourself the winner, the fans at Arrowhead. You know Andy, what? I you have high praise for you guys today.
0: I could, and nobody else is going to do it. So maybe it should be me to, to <laughs> name myself the winner. You know what? I'll do the other. I'll do the other coordinator. I'm going to give the 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 winner huh. to Eric Bieniemy.
1: There don't we go. Feel
0: like, I don't feel like we've talked a lot about Eric Bieniemy this year, and that seems to be the script with the Chiefs. Yeah. which is the offense does well. We credit Andy Reid. The offense does mm-hmm. poorly. We blame Eric Bieniemy. It's a no-win situation for him. And that's unfortunate for an offensive coordinator who has orchestrated a top five offense in the NFL for every year that he's had the job. And this year seems to be the year where everybody's sort of just stopped evoking his name. After everything that happened at the end of the season and the the sort of weird stories that came out about his relationship with Patrick Mahomes and arguments that were had. And then you had the the sideline spat, if you want to call it that before halftime in Indianapolis and Eric Banyme, for the most part, hasn't been mentioned at all, but all he has done because I'm, I'm tired of doing this with him in ways that we don't talk about other offensive coordinators. Like with Banyme, there's always the caveat. Well, it's Andy Reid's offense. It's like, okay, well then let's do this with, other offensive coordinators with offensive-minded head coaches across the league. And we don't do it because all he did was lose a top two receiver in the NFL and made do with guys like MV. I mean, you're talking about guys who anybody could have had. Marquez Valdez scaling. Anybody could have had him. Juju for $10 million a year. Somebody could have offered him more. Kadarius Tony. Who was traded for basically a fourth round pick, a conditional third round pick? Anybody could have had these guys, and all the Chiefs do week after week after week to steal a line from Cody on Friday is put out bangers. All they do is put up bangers. <laughs> They're putting up nearly 500 yards of offense every single week, and it doesn't matter who's getting it. Whoever's out there is going to be a part of it. And I feel like Beany just kind of is the name that gets pushed aside and say, "Oh yeah, him." I don't. I don't like playing this game with Eric Beany to where. He's more of an afterthought than we would ever give any other offensive coordinator in the NFL credit for.
2: My loser for this week is anybody, uh, any of the Tripp McDuffie doubters. Mm. I told you he was going to be great. The Chiefs trust him, and he is. He led up his first catch of the season. It took a complete laid out diving catch for Marvin Jones to do it. But instead, he was tested multiple other times with very limited success. Hell, Legarius Sneed got picked on triple the amount of Trent McDuffie today of the, of the passes that were complete to the guys who were open. They weren't at Trent McDuffie. He looks like the part he really does. I know that it seemed premature when I said he would finish the season of the chief's best corner, but it doesn't feel that way now. Does it like, if you get a really good look at him against a pretty good quarterback, you find out pretty quick. They're still not throwing his way. So if anybody's still doubting Trent McDuffie, uh, you, you get the loser this week because he's, he's clearly the goods.
1: My loser is the refs for that juju yeah. non-penalty. Uh even Andy said it looked like there was contact to the head from where I was standing and what my coach says goes. Mm.
0: Amen. I'm not one to argue with Andy Reed. Uh, <laughs> I'll go quickly. My loser aside from my from my liver, which is the real loser. <laughs> Sunday after. We did
1: it. We got through the episode.
0: Yeah, no. We're 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 coming down the home stretch here. I Are need- you
2: like pre-hungover for tomorrow? <laughs>
0: Yeah. 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 It's one of those things when you drink, yet? that's the beauty of day drinking is the hangover starts the night before. So you can, a, <laughs> you can get sort of a kickstart on, on shaking that thing. Um, it was tough for me because I was deciding between two guys, Clyde Edwards, E. and Sky Moore. I'm going to say Sky Moore because with Clyde, you could have already drawn whatever conclusions you had about him and what he was going to be in the NFL. But you could have already said last year, like, oh, I'm not sure I'm buying into this guy being your lead back. Sky, I was still holding out hope that, okay, McColl being out means maybe he'll be unleashed a little bit more. He was still going into this week ahead of Kadarius, at least in terms of snaps. He was right there with Justin Watson, but seeing the way that, that Kadarius Tony was featured against the Jaguars kind of shows you everything you need to know about Sky. I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm not saying he's not going to have a role on this team, but right now, it's very clear where his standing in this offense is.
1: Agree. Nick, you the real MVP today.
0: Thanks. You know what? I don't do it for the recognition, but it does feel nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You too, Cody. All I did was watch a football game and then go watch my kid play soccer. They were also victorious, by the way. And another dominant effort similar to that is the Chiefs today. Better than that team. just, Just ran out the clock at the end. No big deal.
1: Dadding hard today. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <sighs> Meanwhile, I have done nothing. All right, that's going to do it for us here on it's always game day in Kansas City. That is Cody Tap. He is Nick Schwartz. Thank you for listening. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be, be- <laughs> we will be back with you all on Wednesday.